0: Welcome to Podcast Therapists, presented by Virginia Family Therapy. I'm Sarah. I'm
1: Caroline, and I'm Amanda. As three family therapists, we know how hard it is to feel like you're being the parent you want to be while juggling everyone's needs. We specialize in helping families just like
0: you during the long days of multitasking and constant searching for the bar of success. Our podcast mixes expertise, real life advice, and embarrassing stories.
2: Who's embarrassing story?
0: Let's walk through this
2: together. Hey, everyone. As we are processing our podcast, we realize that this one is a little bit anxiety producing potentially and also kind of circular because we are just putting our thoughts out there and predicting what we think is going to happen in the school year and we don't really know. So we are kind of all over the place. Next week, we're going to come back with a really good, helpful plan for you all to put in place to get ready for the school year. Thanks so much, y'all.
0: Welcome to Podcast Therapists, brought to you by Virginia Family Therapy. Hey, guys. (laughs) Hi. Hi, Hi, Sarah. Sarah. I like my NPR voice. (laughs) I can't get through it. (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody in my house wishes I talk like that all the time because it would be nice and smooth and quiet. I think you do talk like that all the time. I do. I'm always going to never shout. Not around us. No, true. not around us.
2: So today you all we are talking about the post pandemic school year. We know we are totally jumping the gun on this and we actually have some anxiety about talking about it this far in advance, but I think it's all it's on parents' minds. So we might as well just kind of jump to what we predict is gonna happen.
1: It's all a prediction. I think that's number one, right? It's I like, think there's some things I'm already seeing, so I don't think it's like too early to start talking about it.
0: No, I don't either. And we
1: also have to remember
0: every kid is an individual. So it's not going to be a broad spectrum. Just we think as a whole, we may see some things.
2: Yes. in ebb and flow. Yeah, because we do see like a broad cross section of kids. And so we can tell you the patterns that we're seeing and we can tell you the patterns that we expect to see based on what we see historically. So what are you seeing now that you think could be
1: predictive of the school year? Seeing a nice uptick in anxiety yeah. about going back to school. Me too. Already. Especially for kids that I work with that are like starting high school or starting middle school. Are they really already worried about it? Because I'm like
2: in summer. It is summer for me.
0: Yeah, I think some of the kids are worried about it because I think it feels like a short summer for a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. At least in our area because our schools got out a little later than usual.
1: So the kids are already thinking about the school year. I think the anxious kids are thinking about the school year. I think that's a good point. I think kids that are naturally anxious
0: are more anxious already. And I like that you said the kids that are beginning new things, like mm-hmm. high school and middle school. I don't think that we're probably seeing that as much with the kids that are just going back to their grade schools or even the kids that are like in the middle of high school mm-hmm. as much, but the ones that are stepping into really new experiences.
1: But even for the kids that are not anxious yet, I imagine that as school starts, we're going to see more anxiety.
2: So what are the kids anxious? The kids that are anxious now, what are they anxious about? Like, what do they say they're worried about?
1: I think it's just so uncertain, right? Like, I don't think they have a good picture in their head of what it's going to look like. And so I think it's some of the usual fears of like, what if I get lost or like, what if my friends change or what if I don't have friends now that I'm going to high school? Mm -hmm. Like, I think those are some of the like normal anxieties about starting high school. But I think there's just more uncertainty because the last year and a half has been so unpredictable. So kind of, I don't know what I can depend on
2: because it hasn't been dependable for the last year and a half. So should I get my mind right about what's going to happen? That makes sense. Okay. I worry about kind of older kids their friendship groups have probably changed so much. And so I'm actually talking to kids now about kind of firming up who their friends are going to be when they go back to school, because it's been a year and a half. And so there's going to be a lot of shifting in that and they need to come in if they want to, it'll make them feel better if they come in with some folks that they know
0: and like and trust. That's a good strategy. I think, I think kids that were really easy going in the classroom and the school and had kind of quote unquote school friends, if you will, like, maybe not people that they talk to all the time, but they were like friendly enough in class to have five kids sitting around them and chatting and they were connected to those people. Those people didn't weren't in their life in the mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. um, where their close friends were in their lives, but maybe not their kind of just broad spectrum mm-hmm. like people they'd say hey to in the hall kind of thing. And so that has to all be rebuilt again. Those social networks have to all be re, re-engineered, if you will. And so I think there's probably a little anxiety around that for some some kids. And some kids' friend groups broke up too,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or are starting to shift even coming back out of the pandemic. You've got kids who, I think I'm thinking more of the high school kids, but you've got kids who who matured through the pandemic mm-hmm. in a normal kind of healthy rate. And then you've got some kids who may not have matured as fast or kids who even may have accelerated depending on life experiences. So I think kids are kind of coming at it at different places. But that's, a you know, if you think about social development and how fast our children develop over a short, fairly short span mm-hmm. of time. Missing a year is massive. Right? Oh, it's one it's sixth time. of
2: like one of my children's lives. Right. He's missed a year of social
1: interaction. Um, it's a lot. Well, and kids haven't been around lots of kids that they just don't know mm-hmm. in so long. Right. Like when I think about a kid transitioning to middle school, like if they've just had a pod and they've had. Their best friends, like they haven't walked down a hallway, seeing a bunch of kids they don't know Mm-mm. in forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maybe pretty- ever if they're going into middle school, because in elementary school you're in like such little groups.
2: So here's what I think we have just discovered: is that there is a lot of change that's going to be happening, and there is actually it's it would be reasonable for kids to be anxious. I think at all ages, it would be very reasonable for your children to be worried about what's going to be coming up because there has been so many shifts and turns and it's hard to know what to do. So, I think number 1, if your kid says I'm worried about it, definitely say, "Yeah, I get it," because it does make sense that they're anxious about it. Period. Let's talk about what we think will happen. What do you think is going to happen as far as global trends for folks?
0: I think it depends on the age group. Mm -hmm. So with little kids, I think it'll be similar to when your kid starts kindergarten. But I think it's going to be a much broader, larger group of kids going through the same experience. So like, remember in kindergarten, you stick your kid on the bus. And if the kid does really well, containing all day, they get off the bus. They're just, they're psychopaths. I mean, they're just.
2: (laughs) I have a fair number of those in my family, I think.
0: (laughs) You feed them every night. I think we'll see that for a larger group of kids, like a a broader age group than we normally would. So what Sarah is saying
2: is that kids are going to go to school and they're going to feel anxious when they're at school and they are going to be so tightly inhibiting their, like controlling their own behavior. They're going to be so anxious about themselves and inhibiting everything that they're doing that when they come home, they're going to be huge messes because they've worked so hard during the day.
1: And And it held it together.
2: Yeah. They held it together. And there's going to be more kids in that boat than
0: ever before because it is like kindergarten again. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And I kind of wonder what it's going to be like in the school setting itself for the kids, because I I think many of the elementary school kids weren't in school all day. They were in school part day a lot of times, Mm -hmm. right? And on Zoom. Mm -hmm. So what is it going to be like to be in school all day again and have all those rules that maybe you didn't have in your own home? in the same way. I mean, the social aspect will be great. Mm -hmm. And for some kids, I think all the rules and the
1: like really structured routine is going to be awesome. Yes. Then I think there are some kids that like who really struggled with Zoom school will thrive. And there are going to be some kids who the rules are really hard for. Yes. They might have done a little better free will in it.
2: And I think one of the things that we see as clinicians is in August, there's a huge lull. Like we essentially, no clinician works in August because all the clients are out on vacation anyway. And so there's (laughs) no one to see. And I think this August, I'm willing to bet there's gonna be a lot of pre-anxiety. My guess would be there's gonna be some people calling the first, second week of August because their kids are melting down. And I will always tell every person who calls me this is that when the phone's ringing a lot for Virginia family therapy, it makes me feel better because it makes me know that What I'm seeing in my family is also like the time of life. So like when my kids are losing their minds and I'm getting a lot of phone calls too, I just know that there's these cycles that kids and families go through and that just confirms it. I'm like, it's
1: not just me and it's not just my kids.
2: So I think we'll get August.
1: I feel like usually we start getting calls in like October for kids struggling with school. I think that wave is going to come sooner. Because I think the anxiety, like the early oh, that makes sense. I think the early morning before school anxiety, or like the night before school anxiety, is going to be more intense for some kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think that wave is going to come sooner than it normally does because behaviors might be more intense. I think. I also, think you're right.
0: We need to remind parents so for somaticism, right? Like, so the anxiety the kind aches. of coming out, yeah, in the medical or or in the body. And which always feels like a medical referral mm-hmm. when you're the parent, it, you know, because so-and-so has stomach aches five days a week, great on Saturday and Sunday, or headaches the night before. So kind of keep an eye out for that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, too, because that's just anxiety manifesting itself in a slightly different way. If the kid hasn't gotten to the place where they can oh, I was in. big on the stomach aches as a kid.
2: You were. I, I was all the time <laughs> and now we just talk about our anxiety so
1: openly yeah We're like oh fine. I'm just like this. oh I'm anxious <laughs> yeah, it's just refluxing. I was literally saying at the beach this summer with my sisters I was like it's mind-blowing to me that no one told me that whole time that like the reason my stomach was hurting was because
0: I was anxious yeah how freeing would that have been actually yeah I just do you like, think they knew I would I don't know I mean you're hoping they didn't know
1: I think it was, like, really clear when my parents told us we were moving from New York City to Virginia, and I started coming home s- sick from school with a stomach ache like, four days a week.
0: It's <laughs> telling Yeah.
1: <laughs> and our pediatrician was like, well, what happens when she comes home from school? And my mom was like, she gets to, like, watch TV, and I'll, like, make her some soup, and she'll have a ginger ale. And he was like, why
0: wouldn't she come home? <laughs> no kidding. I'm coming to your house at lunch.
1: Oh, we actually
2: should talk about that because I am willing to bet there are going to be so many teenagers with their phones that are going to be texting Ooh, their parents like, get me get out of here. Rescue <laughs> me. Save me. That is the number one prediction, I, mean, I that's think. That's
0: interesting. Yes. I had not even thought about that.
2: I have strategies for that. My, like, And we can talk about this, actually. I think next week we should do a podcast on how can we prepare our kids for going back to school. So,
0: we yeah, should definitely do that. that. You know, I think you're, you're like, just even talking about this. I'm thinking from the parent seat too. And I mentioned this as we were talking about this earlier before we turned on the recording, but as a parent, so many of us, like, depending on what stage and age your kid is, it's been taxing, it's been challenging, but there's also a part of this, especially for those of us that have older teens where we're like, oh, it's kind of been nice because we, we typically wouldn't even see our kid this much mm-hmm. because of the freedom piece, Right. And so I think parents are gonna all of a sudden be like, "Hey, I never see my kid anymore." I'm gonna be like that. She was home all year. Like separation right? anxiety yeah. on the parent side. Kind of like I wonder how that's gonna roll out with like rules, and because um, if the rules are too tight, the kids are gonna break them, and there's conflict, and then because it kind of forces a breakup in a sense mm-hmm. that needs to be managed. Mm-hmm. Like the anxiety mm-hmm. going into that needs to be managed mm-hmm. for the parent and the kid, or the parent, truthfully, so that it doesn't bubble over into conflict and things like that. I think we're going to see more
1: teenagers breaking rules. Yeah. I think they're just
2: going to be really excited. I think that's happening now. So I think what's happening now through the summer is teenagers are going a little wilder, which I don't blame them. I am too. And parents are turning a blind eye because they feel bad. You know, they want them to go out and they want them to go see friends. And it's kind of like they didn't get to do it for a year and a half and it's summer. It's not really worth it. I wonder if that stuff changes come school year.
0: I don't know. I I think you're absolutely right. I mean, even at my house, I've gone through that, I feel like. Yeah. Um, Like, well, she's not home yet. But that's really okay because she missed a whole year. Yeah, but then when it's the school year... Well, even before the school year, I'm like, really, why am I making an an exception for curfew right now? Like, she's still her age. Like, it should still be sending Mm -hmm. a a clear message. But I wasn't sending Mm -hmm. a clear message. So I had to have, like, you know, I had to, like, reformat that in my own brain. But that was exactly why it was guilt. It was like, well, she's missed that whole year, Mm though. Like, she should be out having fun. So what do you think
2: social, emotional... What do you think is going to happen when kids go back to the classroom? And what's going to happen kind of with the kids.
0: Well, I wonder a little bit about, you know, some of the families we work with, the kids that really struggled would really push back on parents and would say, you know, like, I'm not doing that. Right. Like even little kids were like, I'm not doing this math or, you know, whatever the score was. Oh yeah. What happens when they drop that in third grade? That's not going to go so well.
2: You mean oh, like when yeah. my with second grader says like, I'm not doing that. I never, my mom never made me sign on to Seesaw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and why you I can't like make this
1: me. this could be a rough year for teachers, too. Oh, yes. it's going to be so
2: hard. Thinking. Oh, man. No, I think you're right, because I think there is all this stuff. And I'm not talking about the academic stuff. I know there's going to be, like, academic, real issues academically in every single way. Um, but I do think my oldest son didn't do a lick of homework because I, I did not log into Seesaw because I just was so overwhelmed I could not help him. And so he's going to be expected to do homework. Like we do have, you know, we do expect our kids to do homework and he, that's not going to fly anymore. And that's going to be a rude awakening.
1: I also wonder, and I don't know to what extent this has already happened, but like, I feel like one of our initial podcasts was talking about like how we've slowed down and we've seen like what's important for us to take with us mm-hmm. moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how quickly people's lives are going to go back to like overprogrammed, overbooked. Yeah. On the go all the time with like sports and this and that and
2: this and that. I think very quickly because after we did that podcast, I went and sat with a group of my friends and I said, guys, like, are you going to slow down? And they were like, oh, no, we did that. We did that for a year. They've had those experiences. All of that stuff that we wanted them to slow down for, like playing in the woods, they just played in the woods for 365 days straight. Right. So they don't need to do that anymore. We don't need to leave like a random Wednesday for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Cause they just were, it's old, which yeah. when they said that I was like, Oh, you're actually right. It is old.
0: So what will that do to the parents? Like, is that going to, is there going to be a new fear of missing out like layer for families? If they're not jumping back in. I felt space? it. I felt it once I realized mm-hmm. that everyone
2: else had picked back up and I hadn't picked back up. I didn't organize camps this year because mm-hmm. I just was so overwhelmed during the school year. Right. And now my kids are feeling it. They're like, everyone else is in camps. And I'm like, oh, really? mm-hmm. and I'm like, go to the river again or go
0: to the pool again.
2: And I, and I do, I feel a level of guilt around that.
0: So now I'm going to throw out a whole different age group concept. Yeah. So what about the dating that didn't happen in that growth period? So in high school kids, junior high school kids too, we start to see, you know, sexual development that's really normal. And there's a whole year of that that kind of is missing. I'm, I'm waiting for you guys to just jump in right now mean, and answer that for me. is already
1: so painful. I can't imagine missing like a year of development in middle school and then <laughs> walking back in. It just its rough.
2: I had a conversation between a mom and a kid, and one of my questions was like, who are you most looking forward to seeing? Like, who do you think has changed the most? And one of the moms was like, so-and-so is looking good, and so-and-so is like, gone downhill. But it was, like, really fascinating because kids – it is such a big year of change – that you're not see you might miss someone's awkward period, or you might be coming back to school right in the middle of someone's awkward period, and and we hadn't even thought about that. Would you
1: love to be the kid whose awkward period was during COVID? Oh yeah, yeah. Except mine was like six years long. So, I mean, <laughs> some lucky kid out there
2: is like, this is my
1: time. Some lucky kid like grew six inches, <laughs> right? Looks beautiful. If
0: if that's your kid, good luck. Good <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I think even just the interaction piece, right? Like you, there was a period of time, even if it weren't the whole time, because obviously most of our teens are on social media or they can contact each other by phone or whatever, but it's still like the normalcy that kind of embraces that and moves it forward either in a very gentle pace or even sometimes too fast a pace. None of that was there. None of those social kind of bumpers were there. You know, the structure where in junior high and high school where there's like, chances that are awkward to be yes. asked to, or not asked to. Yeah, you know, like just homecoming or whatever. I mean, not every kid goes to that, but those are norms that occur that kind of make things happen socially.
1: Yeah, that didn't occur. There were like markers of time. They are that didn't happen. I
2: mean, like the kids have not been going to cookout, guys. I
1: know. No, I mean, no one has. Been. Guys, over the summer, I feel like cookout is the hangout. Spot. Really, no one is going.
0: Our schoolyard is definitely. I mean, kids come from our like drive-in from everyone where goes where we to are. cookout and no one's going. Why is that? Does anybody know? It's
2: after the games
0: yeah. because they have good milkshakes. Oh, is that why?
2: I yeah. Go with that. And and now they have like security guards there because so many kids are there. Really? Uh huh. It's
0: a big thing. I mean, no kids go down there all the time.
2: So here's what I think is going to happen, and I actually think it's going to happen for all ages, not just teenagers. Okay. Is that kids are going to be so excited to see each other. And they are not going to be in practice of holding back their excitement, right? Like, you know how little kids are when they get so excited, they can't manage themselves and they get dysregulated with joy. Yes. I actually love that. Oh, I love it. I love it. But I actually live with three of them all the time. So it's not that great. And a dog. So it's like when they're all going, it's wild. But so when they see each other, they're going to get in that space and then I worry that they are going to make some more mistakes in that space because they're not setting, they're not in control of their bodies. And I'm just saying that because I've seen my kid make some mistakes because he's not as excited about that. He's not able to like manage
1: himself. So translate
0: that to sexual development. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So,
1: right. Sarah, are you having a meltdown
0: right now? <laughs> I am I'm like internalizing this since I have a 16 old. Well, I'm just thinking about like, what should we be talking to these kids about then around dating? Because
2: consent is the number one thing. Yeah. Yeah. We need to really
0: have everybody's family talk about consent now because yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm.
2: Because they're they're not in the practice of like going to first base and stopping at first base, right? They haven't been to first base. I'm sure they have. Do you know what I mean? In a year and a half, some of them have, but some of them haven't. And so once they get there, they're going to have a harder
0: time going back. You know, well, and I think just in general, and we have to really dedicate another podcast to this specifically. I think just talking to your kids about sex and things like that, but but not only that, but they've also spent a year and a half having free access to things that not every parent knows that they've been watching. Um, Do you mean porn? uh, Yeah, I was just about to say that. Actually, Uh, (laughs) is that what you're saying? Just trying to be nice and like introduce it nicely. Uh, But yeah, like, well, not just anything like Pornhub or whatever everybody can get uh, have access to, but. Oh my gosh, you guys, you know what we need to talk about is sexual development. Yes. yes. There are a lot of kids that have, it's interesting that there's a lot of gay kids and trans kids that have had a year away from peers mm-hmm. who have transitioned or identified differently. And they're reentering with peer groups, mm-hmm. feeling much more honest and much more true to themselves. But it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds too. And and what's interesting in my experience right now is I'm working with more kids that in particular, have transitioned during this time, mm-hmm. or started to. The parents are hugely anxious about the kid going back mm-hmm. to school. The kids are not as anxious across, so far. Well, well that's actually really, really cool. More right, it's very cool.
1: I also think that this generation of kids does better than the parents. 100 percent. With far more kids authentic. transitioning or mm-hmm. changing pronouns and things mm-hmm. like that.
2: But that will be interesting. I wonder how many more people not being in school came out or changed, you know, and I wonder,
0: I wonder, has it increased? you know? I think it has. I haven't looked at any, I haven't found the research or statistics. I mean, I'm saying anecdotally, it certainly hasn't been a caseload. Because we send those kids to you, Sarah. I'm just kidding. Um, I also don't want to combine gay and trans and porn the way I just did earlier. So let me clarify oh. those two things. Yeah. Are, those three things are not linked at all. I just, I was thinking about sexual development as I was rolled. No, I that think that funny. makes sense. But, um, but for the straight or gay kids, the sexually active kids who are, have been watching porn in any type for the last year have, um, if they themselves aren't very experienced, they've now been watching a different type of sex through mm-hmm. video or social mm-hmm. media or whatever. And that's not always real. And so they have to test out that reality So these are things to, we definitely need to do a podcast on on how to talk to our kids about that Mm -hmm. that's really important to make sure we're talking to teens.
2: Well, that also makes me think a little bit about like people of color around here. A lot of the schools are predominantly white. And so if you going to school into a predominantly white space, I'm assuming, I don't know, but I'm assuming it feels hard if you're a person of color. And so I think for that population, there's been a reprieve this year and i wonder what that's going to feel like going back.
0: Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm.
2: Because i think there's tension around it and i hope i hope we're able
0: yeah, to
1: make it. It sounds so hard. It's like stressful. So hard like, to be a kid. Yeah, like mm-hmm. going back to school right now.
0: I know. Just sounds hard. So maybe that's our message, right? So maybe that's what we want to say to families is like this is going to be hard not it's not going to be awful and it's but i think it's more like just make sure your your empathy's on, or your you know, and yes, that, like even if your kid can't verbalize it, and don't expect the worst necessarily. Some kids will be brilliant at it. It's, mm-hmm. it's not every kid by any means, but. It's different for you if your brain is fully formed as an adult than it is if you're still a kid and you're still growing and developing.
1: Well, it's different for you if the past year was one fortieth of your life mm-hmm. or one twenty fifth of your life than, like Amanda was saying, if it's like one sixth or yeah. one fourteen, that's just a way bigger chunk of life not being normal. Mm-hmm. And I
2: think. I think that being said, too, I do think there's a reason we're doing it, right? There's a reason. we. There are going to be so many gains for kids going back to school, right? They're going to have friends. They're going to – my kids totally. are so much happier even even when they were going two days a week. They were so much happier, but it is a lot more work on the parents to get them there, kind uh, of. Yeah.
1: I mean, this is like what kids do, right? They mm-hmm. go to school and meet – Peers and figure out, like, oh, that was an awkward interaction. That didn't feel good. How am I going to go to school tomorrow? Mm-hmm. That's part of what growing up is. Mm-hmm. And so I do think it's important that kids go back to school.
0: I think, too, it's interesting is, as we talk about this, you know, I'm thinking back to the past years of getting kids ready for school. And it's been about, you know, you hit a certain week in August and you start, and sometimes those parents who are really organized, I was never one of these parents, but you know, they've already got their supply list and clothes and shoes and everything's ready to go. New backpack, new lunchbox, whatever. Those things as parents, we're still doing all those things, but now we have to kind of do some more digging in and emotionally readying our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't, I wouldn't say we're sending a message to anticipate the anxiety before it's there, but just be open to reading all the messaging. Because I think sometimes there are certainly times where I have just kind of said, oh, buck up, you're going to be fine. Like, let's walk through this and." That does help, and that certainly is called for at times. But there are times too where you might need a little extra help in reaching out to a therapist, or just other friends, or even kids. You know, like if they're part of a a youth group, and maybe talking to the pastor of your church and making sure they're talking about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just or sports teams, even just making sure you're touching base with. Because I do think
2: there's this mismatch between what's happening for kids and adults right now. So I'm pretty much back in my regular routine. Like I've been working through this whole thing. I'm at work right now. And then August 22nd, I'm going to be back at work in the same way. But it's a huge difference for my kids. And so I think as adults, we're not necessarily tuned into that because we're not going to be experiencing that same shift until they let us know, right? They are going to be the first. It's like they're the leading indicator is their behavior. So maybe we need to get a little ahead of it with them. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. And when we went into COVID, we were all experiencing the same thing at the same time which was yes. weird for us as parents because yes. we usually have some mastery before a kid walks into that, whatever they're walking into. Yeah. And we had none. So the whole family was experiencing that. And now we're back to that norm where we are going to have expectations. that kids are just going to get on the bus and be fine. And, then, and so many kids will be, I mean, let's be honest, but it's really okay if your kid isn't or struggles a little because that's really normal. So I guess maybe broadening the normalcy mm-hmm. of how, Anxiety is going to possibly, you know, even if you don't have an anxious kid, could right. rear its ugly head a little.
1: And I think for a lot of people with like pre-anxiety, right? It's like what I'm predicting, I predicted my head is going to be way worse than it is. Yes. Right? And so there are a lot of kids who, mm-hmm. the ones that are anxious ahead of time, are going to like have that pre-anxiety and like the buildup is going to be really, really hard. And then if they can get through the first couple weeks of school, those kids are actually like going to do really well Mm -hmm. because what they're seeing is like, Oh, what I thought was going to happen in my head, what my anxious brain told me, you know, I'm not going to have any friends and I'm going to get lost all the time. And I'm going to fail all my tests. Like as that starts not happening, they're going to be okay. They just need evidence that like school is okay. Mm -hmm. um, Because they don't have any of that right now.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And I think, Sarah, to what you were saying, so sometimes in my job, I have to kind of anticipate the mental health needs of, of the community, which is really weird to do, by the way. So I, I talk to a lot of folks around kind of what they're seeing, like doctors, and I talk to clinicians in other parts of the country to see what, what they're saying. And and I think a lot of people have really said that there's going to be, an, it's going to be hard, like this anxiety hard, getting your kids to school. Dealing with a year of missing social skills and social development, that's going to create an increase in behavioral problems or anxiety for like three to five years. So if your kids are experiencing that, that's probably well within normal because of everything they have gone through. And then there's going to be a little bit of an extended lag beyond that just because of the things that we don't anticipate yet, right? And then there's also the grief. There's still the grief that people are struggling with. But I think the idea of that for three to five years, we're going to be working through some of the stuff we have missed in the last year and a half.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's going to be different. There are things that are just going to be different. Like what? Yeah. Tell me. I just think, I mean, I think there are just things that, I mean, I think now like masking up, not masking up. I mean, there's just kids are not in a bad way different, but just, you know, some of the things that we didn't think at all about.
2: Yeah, like the drama around who's wearing a mask and who isn't. I mean, the amount of conversations I've had about which friends are wearing masks and which friends are not wearing
1: masks is... Or which kids are vaccinated and which kids aren't, right? Mm -hmm. That's a big topic amongst parents as well. One, I think kids kids always struggle when their parents' rules are stricter than someone else's, especially like teenagers Mm -hmm. I work with. Mm -hmm. You know, if their curfew is 10 and their friends are 1130... That's a really hard thing. And I think that around COVID, there have been different levels of kids having freedom. And I think as we go back to school, we're still going to see that, right? Mm -hmm. We're like, some kids have more freedom than others. And I think because there's like this pent up, like my family's rule is this and your family's rule is that, like there's conflict between kids Mm -hmm. over that. Mm -hmm.
2: And it is going to be... And I think going back to school with the groups, right, like maybe you were in a group of eight girls, you know, in your ninth grade year, and then you go back and everyone had varying levels. Your parents had varying levels of permissiveness around it. And so then five girls got closer and three girls were left out. What's that going to look like when those kids go back to school? That's
0: happening, starting to happen
2: now, but I think, okay, I'm starting to see some of that. Absolutely. and 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 so... I really am working with my teenagers to kind of shore up who their people are now. So they feel like they are going to go in, especially those ones that are going to a totally new school. So my favorite thing to do in a therapy session is to, I'm an insane therapist. I'm like, get on your text messages right now. I'm like, text this person, this person, this person, and this person and say, hey, you want to hang out this weekend? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I like make them do it in the session just because yeah. otherwise they'll forget and I'll forget.
0: A lot of their parents do They'd be like, no. Nah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And then they're doing it. like They're starting that work. And so-and-so said this. Oh my gosh, so-and-so said this. And you can help them process it in the mm-hmm. moment. But it really is helping them get those crews together because of all the changes that have happened.
0: But truthfully, I mean, overall, think about how awesome this is going to be for our kids to get back in school and be back in, you know, whether they or back in high school, or back in elementary school, or whatever. I mean, they just, they get to have their friends around again. They get to go play the playground. They get to have some routine in their day that feels healthy and normal and is what they were looking forward to to begin with. It's very exciting. It's, so. and imagine, like, do you think they're going to have proms and homecomings and games? I mean, I I I think so. I mean, they, they pulled off, I mean, in our area, I don't know kind of what everybody did, but in our area, the public schools did a brilliant job of pulling off athletic events um, graduation, graduation stuff. was done. I mean, it was definitely done COVID style, mm-hmm. right? But I mean, they people worked hard to make those things happen, those normative things happen. Not only people who were employed by the school system, but parents really worked hard mm-hmm. to make mm-hmm. some of those things happen too. It was, I mean, it was really lovely the way families kind of pulled together and worked also with the schools on those things. Um, but I think, I just think kids are ready. Like, I think they're ready for some normal.
2: I really want you all so. My youngest son has been wearing a mask forever and you can't see his face because he's also too anxious to get his hair cut. So it's like a mask and a mop of hair and that's it. And he yells all the time because he's wearing a mask. Like, he talks so loud. I would really like for him to learn how to talk more quietly again. Like that is, I would really appreciate that. I'm like, if that could be quote unquote back to normal,
1: I would feel great. And I'm like, that's so healthy for him that he's adapted into yelling. Oh, yeah. Right? Because we mm-hmm. talked... a year ago or however long about like his friends couldn't hear him. Yes. And he was so sad. Mm -hmm. And so like he adapted in such a healthy way. (laughs) Now at home, things are really loud. But it's also like kids are amazing. Like they're so great. They are amazing. And I think and I continue to think
2: that even though I'm saying there's going to be an increase in therapy like for the next three to five years, I actually think that we're creating a generation of more resilient people. I worry about academic losses for people who don't have that who didn't have like zoom and all those opportunities. I absolutely worry about that. But if we're just talking strictly, like social emotionally, I do feel like we're helping kids develop some skills.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think what was great is even when the world was shut down, our kids still grew and they still developed. Oh, that's cool. So there are going to be things as much as they weren't able to go out as much, they still develop. They still like and they may have even gained, absolutely, this this group of kids that went through this and survived this have a, now a resiliency and a strength that really we didn't even grow up with. Right. Um, and a patience and, like, all those things. And so there's some really positive things that they'll be taking with them from that experience, but also back into the school system with each other. So, mm-hmm. you know, possibly mm-hmm. we'll see some even better coping mechanisms and, and even stronger social thing. I mean, I think... For example, the acceptance piece, like I said, with some kids transitioning and other kids that Mm -hmm. have changed identity or are more gender fluid, I think their peer groups are way more accepting. And some of this might even be part of it because they're so excited to be back. They don't really, they're not, why be judging each other? Yeah. You know, why not just hang out? Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm hoping that'll be a really positive thing. It feels like that already a little bit, but hopefully it'll go.
1: Well, that
2: brings us back to the conversation we were just having about moms going wild, right? Like, and like (laughs) getting lots of work done right and like why are we living in these bodies that make us maybe make us feel anxious if we don't have to anymore or i do think there's a piece of that too Mm -hmm. i mean i did get botox (laughs) i'm okay saying that out loud i'm like why i don't i'm gonna get botox why do i need to look at myself on the zoom screen with these wrinkles if i don't have to yeah yeah
0: that's i did it if i thought botox would
2: help i would do it (laughs) can i say one thing that i have anxiety about This is my own thing, guys. Sorry that we're now into my therapy session, everybody. So one of the things I worry about, and I know you're going to tell me it's okay, which is why I'm saying it out loud, is that my interactions with my middle kid during the year were so hard because he was on Zoom school for two hours. And then it was like five hours where I was supposed to teach him through things, right? And I didn't because I also was working. And it was like this very fraught five hour. And I worry that like my behavior during that time that he never should have seen, right? Like that never would have happened if it weren't a pandemic, right? I don't think it's impacting our attachment or our relationship at all because I think he's resilient, like you said, Caroline. But I also need to hear you guys tell me that.
0: (laughs) Well, think about what he did. But think about the connection you made because I think you're more vulnerable with him. So his connection to you is probably stronger, not weaker, And that he sees like the strong you and gets to have that part of you, but then he might see when you were just tired or vulnerable or frustrated. So the range of emotion that he got exposed to was really positive because you still like were connected. You still loved him, Mm -hmm. still completely unconditional. You know, all those things were still present. He just had, he just saw the, you know, the part of you that might've gotten more frustrated easily or whatever. So, I mean, the range, it's a bigger vulnerability span. I don't think it's bad. I think that's great. I think it's okay. Like
1: parents go through really stressful things, whether it's pandemic or divorce or like health stuff and like still stay
0: attuned to their kids and have awesome relationships with their kids. Yeah. Can you imagine like, I mean, really all our kids got to see all that. And I think it's much harder on kids when this parent that they have been able to rely on forever that didn't show any vulnerability at all, all of a sudden becomes terribly vulnerable and they know mm-hmm. what to do. Yeah. Like, that's scary. I, I feel like you're
1: great. also really good at talking to your kids. Right? Yeah. And, like, checking yeah. in so. and <laughs> things like that. And so, like Sarah was saying, like, I think the connection is still totally there.
2: And I think that we're talking about it. It's like – and this is what I think the pandemic has offered people is there probably was more conflict in homes. There was definitely oh, more saying. conflict in homes. Yes. And hopefully – there are more repairs happening now and i think that that is something useful for kids to learn that there is conflict and repair in in family and and that's what family is and that's mm-hmm. what that's what life is and so maybe they're just
1: learning that a little earlier and like this entire peer group 4 years from now or however many years from now like they might all be like oh my gosh our parents were losing it during COVID, because we were all, how old is he? Seven? Yeah. Like, we were all seven, and all of our parents were working, and like, they're all gonna have that collective experience of, like, whoa, being a seven year old during the pandemic. Well, that's was really, a lot. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe that's like 10 years from now. I it don't might know. Might be a little older. Introspection. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, not four years from now, 10 years from now, or 15 years from now, right? But like, oh, that's kind of interesting to see, like, what developmental groups will talk about. Absolutely. 10 to 15 it years from now. Fun, actually. My group will talk about dating and how weird it was. Yeah.
2: My group will talk about maternal mental health and how hard it was, especially for working women.
0: My group will worry about falling, breaking their hips, <laughs> <laughs> but look back on COVID and think um, probably about the extra time they got with their kids that are about to launch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, But it's interesting, like, too, I think about in the last couple of months as the world has opened up, like my kid's like, yeah, I got this. Like Back off. Because we had so much time. She's like, done. She's like, Yeah, I don't really want to hear your voice again right now, thank you. Which I mean she's pleasant I shouldn't say quite well no, she probably does quite <laughs> But I mean it's just you know, I mean I think that there's the teenagers are they want to get they need to get away. They
2: do. They, you know, they do.
0: And they should. That's a really mm-hmm. healthy response mm-hmm. is to want their own freedom. Absolutely.
2: Okay. Obviously, we have a ton to say about this. This was really our predictive podcast about what we think could happen. But I think the take-home is expect anxiety, predict anxiety, and know
0: it is okay. Yeah, it's really okay, and be willing to talk about it, and not necessarily name it for them, but just be very open to hearing it. And resources are out there, of course. We're here. Validation is super important. Absolutely, any age of kid. Mm
2: If you like this podcast, feel free to share it, like it on Instagram, Facebook.
0: And if you want to join us for another session with Amanda. <laughs> Amanda <laughs> no, just
2: and you can learn more about us at www.virginiafamilytherapy.com. Thanks so much, y'all. Nice. Bye.